Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hello, welcome to Run With Ally Live, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a passion for running. I'm your host, Coach Ally. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so that in the long run, you're able to live the sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. Thank you for joining us today on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and our special show guests by clicking on the follow plus button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show. It is Tuesday, April 12th, episode 74, and we have Barefoot Science here and a very special guest, Dr. Gorman. Dr. Gorman, welcome to the show. Well, I'm very happy to be here today and always happy to see if we can contribute together to our running community and get everybody moving. Love this. Love it. I believe we can, definitely. And before we ask Dr. Gorman all of the barefoot questions and how, you know, barefoot science could help the runners and the running community, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He's a valued partner and talented representative for barefoot science. His expertise and experience are essential to their work. He is the president of Micro Microgate USA. Microgate USA. Yes, and works with everyday runners like you and athletes and the world's top athletes, team owners and doctors. He has multiple patents for heart rate monitors. Very interesting and very cool. Welcome to hey, the show. Yeah, lucky every now and then. Every now and then you got to fake somebody and they think you know what you're talking about. So you get a patent just to mm-hmm. justify it. <laughs> it's brutally honest. I love that. And just two more intros. I'm Coach Allie, owner of Run With Allie Coaching, host of the podcast, a competitive runner myself, a solopreneur, podcaster, writer, coach, fitness enthusiast. Juan Roman, or coach, boxing coach Juan, is a former pro boxer and now coaches athletes using boxing as a way to relieve stress and get his clients fit. He opened his studio in the middle of the pandemic. Juan coaches clients all over Brooklyn and East Williamsburg, Brooklyn. He recently experienced a change in his feet using barefoot science, but he'll tell us his story in um, later in today's episode. So now we're going to head into the questions. Um... So I just want to, you know, begin by telling the listeners on here today that 
so many of us experience injuries and it's because we develop poor lifestyle habits. We need to almost relearn how to run, let alone walk almost. Very, very common injuries I see as a run coach are anything from runner's knee, anything to plantar fasciitis, just so many things involved with the foot because I have a feeling it's, it might relate to running mechanics and, you know, the gait cycle and your foot strike, but I will let Dr. Gorman speak to this and how barefoot impacts, you know, the way we move and the way we run. Um, so now, Dr. Gorman, question for you. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Is foot stability and the kinetic chain both or separately imperative to preventing future injury for runners? Well, of course. That's like saying if I have a, a front end alignment on my car, does it help me go down the road smoother? So what you want to do, and that's the exact thing, we're runners. We go from single support, one leg, hit on one leg, to the next leg. We don't have the opportunity that walkers do, where they're on one leg, then they go to two legs, and then they go to one leg. So balance becomes an imperative physical attribute of the runner. The better balance you have, the less shake you'll have as you explode from one leg to the other. Then we have to remember what happens is the runner is looking ahead. It's their feet that's reading the ground. As their feet read the ground, that's their proprioceptive ability, where your body is in space. So what we need to understand is we need balance to run, and we need proprioceptive ability to understand the beginning of our foot strike cycle. As we combine those two attributes, we try to go down the road in a very symmetrical fashion where the left side of our body is in symmetry with the right side of our body. Unfortunately, disturbances happen. We might get a weakness in one muscle of one leg or one foot, and it's uh, trying to be compensated by the other. We might have uh, a little weakness in what is called the foot stride cycle. You hit on your heel, you roll to pronation, you then move to supination, and then you move to plantar flexion where you toe off and then go to the next one on the opposite side. How many people know that they're strong in each moment of their foot stride cycle? Can Kaylee balance on one leg in a pronated position? Can Kaylee balance in push-off cycle? Or does one of those moments feel better than the other moment? Is it equal on both sides? Is it steadily been getting stronger? Or is all of a sudden, when we hit pronation, is it steadily getting weaker? Kaylee mentioned to the world right now, there's two injuries that are very common in running. Runner's knee and plantar fasciitis. She hit it right on the head. Well, how does it come about? Yes, you can be in perfect symmetry and too much wear and tear, plodding along, a running rat in plain English, plodding along every day, just too much wear and tear, no matter how much symmetry you have, you're going to knock yourself down and start to develop a condition. But what about the person that controls their intensity, 
but unfortunately doesn't know they're out of balance, left side and right side. Oh, I healed on my heel. I rolled to pronate. That's the normal thing. Pronation is normal. It's when pronation becomes excessive that it becomes a problem. All of a sudden, my kinematic chain from my ankle to my hip is no longer flexion and extension. I had a component of rotation because of the collapsing of my arch. That rotation goes up my tibia and gives me a torsional twist that brings me to my knee that gives me a little bit of laterality knee pain. Knee pain on the lateral side is usually a sign of excessive pronation in the early stages. Oh, from my knee, I go further up the kinematic chain and I go to my hip. Now my hip, instead of flexing and extension, is actually rotating in an opposite direction to compensate for my knee twist. Wow. Now I no longer am running forward with uh, poise. I'm now running with a kinematic sequence that's actually out of sequence and conditions start happening. What simple fixes can we learn with Ali today so that maybe we can self-correct and avoid a lot of this problem? Okay. Yeah, so that was a lot of information. Thank you. It's, you know, from what I understand, there are just so many different ways that people get these injuries and you just went into the science behind it. Um, and thank you for that thorough explanation. I would love now to hear how barefoot science insoles improve foot stability and the kinetic chain and how that okay. ties in. Well, what we learned years ago is that if we walk barefoot in sand, it causes a mid-arch stimulation that enhances our proprioception and also helps with foot strengthening. Now, I have absolutely nothing against orthotics for certain uses, and thank God they're there. But think of the orthotic almost like putting a crutch on your arm, and when I a cast on your arm, and now when I take it off, the muscles are a little bit weaker. So a person will have an excess of pronation, and what they might do is take a piece of leather, an orthotic, stick it under the medial arch, push the arch up, hold it in position, and try to relieve knee pain from there. Very nice. But what if, what if, and there are certain parts of the population, usually elder, that need that fix, and we need it right away, and thank God for every podiatrist out there doing it. But what if we have a young uh, athletic athlete Somebody, you know, and I think everybody's young athlete, whether you're nine or 99, everyone's an athlete in my office. So now they have a weakness. There's a muscle that goes down your shin called the tibialis muscle. It goes down your shin over the ankle and it lifts your arch. That muscle isn't trained to uh, be strong and went out of strength. The arch starts to collapse. And instead of fixing and re-strengthening that muscle, we just stick the orthotic under it. Here we go. We think we look correct, but we're functionally incorrect because one muscle on one side is working properly, the muscle on the other isn't working. Now, as we wear and tear mile after mile, things start to happen. 
So instead, at this office, we use barefoot science. This guy Lance up in Canada found a way of making a non-orthotic, a neutral insert. He cut out the inside of the insert, and he made these little stimulators, so we have seven levels of stimulation. So at my office, I say, okay, do you pass the test? Can you stand on one leg with your eyes open for 30 seconds? Yes, I can. But what happens if I stand on one leg with my eyes closed to see if I need any proprioceptive ability? Can I stand for 30 straight as an arrow? Or do I fall over in one, two, three, five, six seconds? Everyone that needs proprioceptive enhancement should be in barefoot science. A ver or they should buy an island and just go walk on the beach 24 hours a day. Now, by having that proprioceptive stimulation, I've seen over the years now of using it, I get muscle strengthening. It doesn't keep the tibialis muscle dormant if that's the one that was weak. And I get proprioceptive enhancement like I've never seen in my life. Yes, you can improve your proprioception without using barefoot science. Can I, I just, can I, sorry to interrupt you for a sec, but for the listeners on here, proprioception yeah, is one of my favorite words, but can you um, describe what you mean by that? Okay, so proprioception is an understanding of where you are in space with your eyes closed. So I stand on one leg, which is what you have to do when you run. You jump from one leg to the other. In that moment of landing, you have something called your ground contact time, your GCT. If your body is a little proprioceptive weak, you might stall in that position. We're talking about milliseconds. 0.18 milliseconds becomes 0.23, 0.23 becomes 0.38. It's such a small amount of time, but it adds up over a period of time. Mm -hmm. So now my proprioception, my awareness of my body in space, close my eyes, where's my hand? Close my eyes, where's my shoulder position? Close my eyes, where am I in my foot strike cycle? When I run, my eyes are on ahead. What's reading the ground? My proprioceptive ability is reading the ground. If my proprioceptive ability is weak, then I need more time to read the ground. I increase my GCT, my ground contact time. All of running is touch and fly. Touch and fly. If I increase my ground contact time, my touch, it slows me down. Okay. Make myself faster by improving my proprioceptive ability. That's what barefoot science does. How fast is that touch? Say it again. How fast is that touch and running? Okay, so if you're Dyron Robles, if you're Dyron Robles and you're the uh, Olympic champion, your touch might be 0.076 seconds. Mm -hmm. If you're Joe uh, Runner from the park, your touch might be 0.38 seconds. Chobi, five, Chobi, five, Chobi, five, so, what about like what about Iliad Kipchoge? What who? Ilya Kipchoge, he's the world champion for the marathon. Long distance, yeah, marathon. What's his touch? I don't be? know. I never measured him. I didn't. But you know, him, but no, 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 no. But a marathon person. A marathon, a marathon person. Do you want to spend more time on touch, or do you want to spend more time on flight? 
So what you need to do is find out what you need to do to to reduce your touch. And your touch has a denominator called proprioception. And your touch is controlled by proprioception. So if you want to be that marathon runner, if you want to be very efficient running 430 miles for 26 miles or whatever the standard is these days, you have to be efficient. Minimal touch, less energy on the touch, more energy into the flight. Let's create symmetry. Let's go smoothly down the road. So the idea is you only have so much energy in your body. Do you want to use it stall, touch, or do you want to use it go, flight? You want to use it on flight. That's how you move. Um, very just one-off question. How? What are your thoughts on ankle extension for a runner for the push-off phase of the gait cycle? If you don't push off, if you don't push off, you don't run. So not just do I feel that I need extension, I need flexion also. Because I need to strike from a point that I can go forward from. And later you're going to ask me, what do I think about four-foot runners or whatever it might be? You need to strike the ground and go forward from your strike point. If you strike the ground and go backwards from your strike point, like you're, you land on your forefoot, but you fall back to your rear foot, then you come back to your forefoot, then you push up. You might as well have started at your rear foot. Why did you start forward? So, Do you believe extension. in a midfoot strike? Of course I do, if you can do it. Of if course. You do, do if you can do it. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in midfoot strikes. I believe in minimalist shoes, if you can do it. But if you can't do it, you have to train with Allie, listen to the podcast, and start conditioning yourself so that you can be a four-foot runner, a mid-strike runner, a, a minimalist shoe user. But what happens if I land on my mid-strike and I fall back to my heel? Then I go back to my mid-strike and then I push off. Should I have landed on my mid-strike or should I have landed on my heel? So I do believe in spooks. I do believe in everything. But why did I land on my mid-strike forefoot if I'm falling back to my heel anyway? Why didn't I just start at my heel? Tell me. Because I believe that I should be there. You can believe all you want with your friend boxing. But if you don't know how to lift your arms and box, I'd be very careful on who I boxed with. You follow? No, so no. Like, yeah. yeah. You can believe in whatever you want. But it boils down to biomechanics. And what's going to allow me to be the most efficient runner? Yep, go minimalist and get more towards my front of my foot. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny because I'm a little stubborn and while I'm not to the listeners on here, like Juan was trying to, you know, explain to me, he did, you know, extensive research. I don't know if you know who Dr. Yeses is, but um, studying a lot about biomechanics for runners and it's something that's really overlooked and I didn't believe him. I was like, no. And then now I have you like the expert right here saying the same thing. So it's very interesting that that information is not really out there. Like, I don't know how it's not out there. I've been doing this for 42 years. <laughs> there was a little group called the uh, New York Roadrunners Club that had like 10 yeah, members yeah. when they started coming around many years ago. I don't even know how many they have now. but it They're the biggest the organization for runners in the world. Or in the U.S. I remember when a guy by the name of Fred LeBeau started the whole thing. Wonderful man that started the whole thing. And 
he he did the world a great favor by creating the New York Roadrunners. So God bless all of them. I just so ran his 10K here, race, like in in memory of him. A guy could be perfect. A, a lady, a man could be perfectly symmetrical. They do something and they get pain. Things happen. But if your car was out of balance, would it create more injury to the car or would it create less injury to the car? Take care of your body. Your body will take care of you. Symmetry, coordination, kinematic excellence. These fall into play. Now, whether or not people follow it, that's a different story. There's a person that was a four-foot runner. And all of a sudden, they analyzed him, and he had to go more rear foot. And next thing you know, he's getting double gold medals at this little thing called the Olympic Games because they just made him a little bit more efficient out there, whatever project he was in. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, yes, okay, no. to do yeah. things. What are you going to get away with? What do you want to do? Um, so, wait, I would love um, Juan to tell his personal experience with the insoles and provide feedback for what you could share, because it's pretty I mean, interesting. If he wants to finish what he was saying before no, the questions, I'm that'd mo- be cool. I'm moderating it. All right, but um, where's my script? Just, oh. you don't, <laughs> funny, he's joking. But, nah, change our, I noticed I he made my feet. I noticed I he made my well, so I didn't even hear him, so I didn't know what he said. <laughs> um, All right, go ahead, say something. Makes your foot bigger, right, using it. What makes your foot bigger? Um, the barefoot insoles. How would it make your foot bigger? It made my foot bigger. Like I guess you build muscle from the way you walk or something like that. Because when I put on my my boxing shoes, I couldn't fit them. I had to loosen them out. There was a pair of sneakers I used to run in. I had the arch because of the instep because of the instep or the length. Probably, probably. Oh, this part is pushing up on the top. You know what I mean? So from you being like this all the time. So you're saying the thickness, the thickness of the barefoot yeah. science yeah. filled up your toe box. No, I didn't even wear. I didn't, pressure there. I didn't even wear the barefoot. I don't. I don't put the barefoot okay. in my boxing shoes. I just wear them in my walking okay. shoes. So I think probably what you're saying is not that it made your foot bigger. Size seven went to size eight. But it made your instep higher because as you corrected and developed your arch to proper mechanics and proprioceptive ability, as your arch corrected, it lifted. Mm-hmm. As it lifted, then you needed more room on your instep. Hello. Healthy reaction. Good for you. Can you run in these with the barefoots? A lot of people do. Just remember, when you're in barefoot science, you're you're barefoot in sand. So why wouldn't you run with them? You might as well keep on improving your proprioceptive ability 24-7, blah, blah, blah. So whether I'm walking, jogging, running, walking around the place, whatever, why not walk in sand all day long? And yes. keep on improving my foot structure. So if you're training, say you're training competitively for a marathon. And you're training in shoes. You're right. good. Would you recommend to try these insoles during a marathon buildup? Okay. So if I have a proprioceptive deficit, I'm already uh, a little bit under the uh, water with doing the marathon because of my inefficiency at 
the start of the foot stride cycle and time on the ground. So if I was training for a marathon, I would make sure that I had ability to balance on one leg because when I'm running, I'm balancing on one leg and going to the other. And I'm going at 10 miles an hour, 12 miles an hour, six miles an hour. So I better be able to stand on one leg at no miles an hour to know that I can at least do it at higher and higher speeds. While I'm standing on the one leg, can I read the ground properly with my foot? Or am I at a disadvantage? As soon as I drop my eyelid, and all the muscles are the same, but I just drop my eyelid and close my eyes, next thing you know, instead of standing there, I'm shaking all over the place. Why don't I correct my balance issues and my proprioception before I start running for the marathon? Now, as I run for the marathon, is my left side working like my right side? Does my left leg accelerate like the right side? When I look at the gait cycle, does my left and right work in symmetry or are they working against each other? When I put my shoes on, did I have a beautiful, beautiful gait cycle in my bare feet? And then when I added my shoes, it made some asymmetries in the gait cycle? Or when I added my shoes, it reduced the asymmetries of my gait cycle? Oh, but those shoes fix your pronation. You look beautiful in those shoes. Yeah, I might look better, but did you make me function better? Did you make me get a gait report? Did you see the reduction of asymmetry in the movement cycle? Is the shoe the right tire for that Ferrari? Is it Ferrari tires on those beautiful people? Or is it donut spares on those beautiful people? But that makes the shoe makes them look better. But nobody measured their functionality. So all these questions are why we have massive, massive running injuries. What we need is people to follow Ali along on the podcast and start saying, okay, let me stand on my bare foot. Now let me at least put the shoe on. I don't have any equipment. I don't have a science lab. I'm not sponsored by Under Armour, Nike, or whoever it might be, and I have all my equipment at all those places, blah, blah, blah. As I balance on my foot now, am I better in my shoe? Am I better in my socks or my uh, shirt, my foot, or am I better in my sneaker? If I can balance on one leg with proprioception on my foot and uh, for 30 seconds, and now I put my shoe on, and I can only do it for five seconds, do I really want that shoe on my foot as I'm running down the street, knowing that it just decreased my proprioceptive ability? If I go to a slant board to mimic the foot stride cycle, and I'm much better in my shoe, I'm much better in my sock. But when I put my shoe on, I feel like I fall off the damn thing when I'm in pronation trying to balance. Do I really want that uh, shoe on my foot, even though I look better in it? Because I know even without objective testing, without science testing, that shoe is doing something that's not right. But if I put a pair of shoes on that improves my balance, improves my proprioception, and it helps me a little bit, ah, from a subjective point of view, maybe at least I'm going in the right direction until I get a more scientific interpretation of what's going on. All yeah. simple okay. stuff that yeah, really wow. teaches so, you. I just podcast. want to say one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say one thing for the listeners. You know, it's real easy to throw these things on and get a little too excited and do everything in them and play basketball, whatever. You can hurt yourself, you know, because you're not used to having them on your feet. So before 
you throw and try these things on because they're not comfortable at first. Don't go out there and try to do be a super athlete because you will hurt yourself. I would say work with these, especially on level one, because this is level this is month. It's about to be three for me. I'm still on level two. So on month three, I'm gonna put level three. But get used to them. Because what, I, what Jan is talking about is actually called stress adaptation theory. We have two main players in the world of stress adaptation theory, Hans Selye and Yakolov. As you're going along in life, you start to uh, you are improving and you're running. You start to balance out. And so you introduce intervals or whatever it might be. Stress adaptation theory says whether it's right or wrong in the first stage of a new stimulus coming to the body, you go into a little bit of failure until you get adapted. That's what Jan's saying. Until I get adapted to to the stimulus. It's Juan, but you're close. I say it again. It's it's Juan, but you're close. Juan, yeah, I've been saying Juan. So the uh, uh, so it's stress adaptation theory that's going on now. If people have access to a science lab, they can see their imbalances and through a 10, 15 minute station, start to adapt to the new stimulus going on in their body. But if you put a new stimulus in, oh, tomorrow we're going to start doing intervals. And here's the schedule. Yep. Instead yep. of doing a yep. few and see how we feel, why don't we just do 16 at 40 at 58 seconds each? And if you survive the shin splints two days down the road, you'll be okay. Good idea. Let's put stimulus, but too much load so that the good idea actually turns into a bad mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So we're right on the money saying that when you add something new to the body, and you're under the influence of subjective instead of objective measurements. You've got to be a little bit careful as you build up and get to different levels, especially in the barefoot science, because anything that's that effective, if used improperly, can be something that causes a problem at the same time. We have to make sure we use it right. Just like water, too much water and you drown. Too much water of is a anything. Good thing. Yes, yes, too I love that anything. because too much of anything. And so the listeners on here, Juan described it in a way that is, you know, from a user standpoint, using it. And, um, you know, we had um, two different, I guess, definitions. So Dr. Gorman explained it in like a more scientific way and like the science that backs what Juan just said. Um, so that was beautiful. And thank you so much. And are there any last remarks before we close this episode today? Because we're capped at time. All right, we're capped at time. So why don't we make the alley quick check? You're a runner. Go through the alley quick check. Ali says that you run, so you no longer use double support. You use single support. You go from point to point to point. So Ali says, make sure you can stand on one leg, balance, and close your eyes and maintain that balance. If you can't close your eyes and maintain that balance and you shake, you gotta work on improving your proprioception. You can work on it on your own and there's a device called Barefoot Science that can aid you if necessary, but you can work on it on your own. There's another thing called a little uphill slant board. When I step on that slant board, I'm on dorsiflexion, I'm uphill. How do I feel strong balancing one leg in dorsiflexion? 
I turn the board around and I'm downhill. I'm in plantar flexion. Do I feel bad or do I feel worse? I turn the board sideways. My inside ankle is facing downhill. I'm in pronation. I turn the board the other way. My inside ankle is facing uphill. I'm in supination. Allie wants to know, am I strong in each balance point on that slant board? And if I'm not, fix it before I take the car for a ride. The Alley Quick Check will solve so many problems for so many people that I'm, thank God I took time out to listen to it today. There you go. <laughs> and I love that. I love the Alley Quick Check, but I really cannot wait to try your products out um, and not go too quickly into anything like Juan said, but use it in a way where it's progressive and smart and not taking away any benefits um, so that I could speak to it and help more runners just eliminate asymmetries and run better. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, having podcasts like this that could give bursts of information, aliquots of intelligence all over the place. God bless both of you for doing this. This is, it's really good stuff that you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. And likewise, okay, you're really coming here. come to my office and give boxing lessons to everybody. I'd love to have yeah. you here one day. Okay. I'd love to go. Yeah, I'd love to have you around. I'd love to have you. There you go. Listen, you never know. We might take you up on that. Um, thank you so much for your time. Why not? Very... You can come anytime you want, as long as you're bringing a bag of H and H bagels with you as you come up out of the city. Yeah. As long as you have those H and H bagels, you're invited here all the time. Oh, no, that's not a problem. Those are great. <laughs> thank you so um, much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And you know, um, everyone on here, I'm going to be sharing a direct link to Dr. Gorman's podcast focus on running in the show notes. Uh, I just want to mention listeners on here, you get 20% off using the code run with Allie ordering barefoot. I will be sharing that as well in the show notes. Thank you again for joining run with Allie live. After this episode is published, all of the links shared in today's episode will be available. Like I said, in the show notes, along with my discount code for your barefoot insoles, please don't forget to subscribe to the show. See you next time. Thanks so much. All right. Have a great day. Goodbye, everybody. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Alley Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email, and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Alley Live. See you next time.